In this week's Infinite Escape Room episode, the chaps discuss the show Our Flag Means Death and the weird and wonderful history it's based on, chat about the war between British and American sitcoms, and Danny tells us how great we are. So, here we are sitting in the shivered timber where the wood is so cold and brittle you have to rebuild whenever there's a light breeze, taking a quick break for after our escape from Blackbeard's party boat to have a drink, a debrief of the room that we just did, and have a little chat about what's on our minds today. But first, it's my round, so who's drinking what? Okay, uh, I'm really cool, and I'm actually drinking uh, delicious hydrating water. Uh, I had some Guinness Zeros, and I completely forgot to put them in the fridge, so... Oh, nothing worse than uh, a warm Guinness. I know, so more for me, so uh, I'm a cheap date tonight, and uh, water for me, please. Are you doing dry February or something, Danny? Uh, no, I'm not, it's just that that was what I had in the house, and because it tastes oh. like Guinness, it's delicious, so I'm just drinking them. Because I drank all the normal Guinness in December, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> I, I have yet to try a non-alcoholic beer that I've like really enjoyed, but it's been a while, so I should have another go. Yeah, the non-alcoholic Guinness is the one to yeah, it's, it's spot it's on. Pretty much on par with normal Guinness. It's delicious. So. The last time I had Guinness, I'm pretty sure I, I had it mixed with a with half a pint of Strongbow, um, and that was oh. like the thing uh, called a black velvet. Oh. oh, I had that, and it was with uh, champagne. Oh, and it was very upmarket. In fact, okay. it was, this must have been a Valley's Black Velvet then, because it was just half Guinness, half Strongbow, <laughs> and a bit of blackcurrant. Oh, Jesus, I don't remember oh. much from that night. I was very ill. Sounds amazing. Uh, projectile vomit in, in a chalet in Butlins is not my idea of a fun night, but that's, that's what happens, kids. Stay away. Yum yum. So anyway, water—that's the answer Delish. to that problem. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Mike? I'm. I'm drinking a big boy drink. I'm drinking uh, Asahi, uh, which I have waxed lyrical about on the podcast before. You can go back and listen to Michael Arsley's Chaps episode uh, on it, where I just say how much oh, I love yeah. it. You it's love just a, so, you love an Asahi. I do. It's just, it's such a perfect lager. It's so crisp and clean and refreshing. And it kind of, you have that lovely sort of mm, deliciously lagery taste, and then it's gone. Um, it's just, it's really delicious, and I absolutely love it. And I'm Jamie, and as you might have guessed, I am currently drinking yet another mead. It is the Moniac Mead from Lindisfarne Meadery. And mm. it's not as nice as the cherry one, but it's still very flavoursome. Well, I need to check my booze cupboard. Mm. Uh, and it's off. Yes, so word on yeah. the street is that uh, Danny purchased some mead from Lindisfarne from like, uh, how long ago? Oh, many moons ago now. Uh, it must have been like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when Mike returns, if he finds it, it's going to be like like when Indiana Jones finds the Holy Grail, just like full yep. of dust, almost like yep. disintegrating in his hands. But yep. luckily, as uh, many of you out there will know, mead never goes off. So you're fine. Mm. Oh, I love it so much. That's why it's God's drink. I know. that when you. Uh, I don't know if you've actually been to the, the Lindisfarne place where they make no. it, but... Oh, they've got this just magnificent bit where you go around all the ruins and stuff, but then they take you into the shop and it's just honestly bottles and bottles of so many like, variations. You're like, oh, where do I start? Oh, I want, I want oh, it so, so bad. And they do a delicious um, kind of like their answer to Bailey's as well. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. normally one for cream liqueurs, but if it's in a meadery. No, but they, they do a cream liqueur there that's just absolutely spot on. I love it. It's, it's good. Is this Linda's farm? Yeah. Ah, it's, Ooh, it's worth a visit. Northumberland and uh, Bamburgh specifically, because it's you kind of if you stay in Bamburgh, then it's like a short hop to Lindisfarne. Excellent destinations. Yeah. It's good to see another mead aficionado, Danny. We should, oh, we should hang out. It. We should hang out. Okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> no dice, Mike. Did you find it, Mike? 
No, when was this, Danny? I need to... Uh, it was like four years ago now, I think. Oh, okay. I thought this was recently. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I, no okay, yeah, I, I distinctly remember drinking several bottles of delicious meat um, across the last few years. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you, Danny. I, I once had... Um, I once had... I only, I've only been married once. For my wedding, we had toasty... <laughs> during one of my many marriages, because that's how I roll. Renaissance man. That's not That's not what Jamie said when we were not recording, by the way. This is... Uh, <laughs> This is news. Uh, my eighth wife. <laughs> darlings. Um, I suppose that's more of a Tudor man than a Renaissance man, but never mind. Uh, yeah, for my wedding, we had toasting meat as part of the ceremony. Thinking, oh, you know, Ooh. it's in like it was in um, like a 16th century manor house. I mean, we got dressed up as well as, as close as we could to you know, authentic garb and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, toasting meat, great. This would be nobody drank it. Not one person drank oh, it. No. Than me. So it meant that oh. during the, re- the reception, uh, I was just there going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh mate. I paid for it. I'm fucking drinking it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, fair play to you. <laughs> I'd have done the Who same. Who wouldn't That's drink outrageous. toasting meat? Well, what I mean, a few people might have had a sip, you know, out of, out of politeness and then gone, the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an acquired taste. I, I grant you that. <laughs> the champagne's gone off and gone thick. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to chew this wine? <laughs> wow. Spoiler warning for the previous puzzle episodes. If you've not listened to it yet, please pause this immediately. What do you think you're doing? Listen to that and then come back. We'll be waiting for you. For the rest of you, let's crack on. So last episode, uh, which is entitled Our Flag Means Escape, uh, Danny and Mike escaped from Steed Bonnet and Blackbeard's pirate ship through uh, some clever uh, mathy loginess on a, on a wage document. Uh, very, very deftly and quickly solved the, the punny conundrums in the, the bookcase and then donned themselves in foppish and piratical gear in order to evade execution. So well done, chaps. You did it in, in very good time as well. Oh, cheers, Tom. I feel we could have done it even quicker if I hadn't started blathering about God knows what halfway through the books and forgotten what Jamie had told me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Mixed for good old yeah. guys. Yeah, you started talking about how the islands are the tits of the sea and then you just kind of went into a haze and <laughs> a fugue state saying? and you were just off. Just the word tits. I think then... it, that's the thing. It's like a neurobiology thing. It's like my, like my mouth says tits, my brain goes... Wet. Tits. And then all the other bits are like, okay, shut down. We need to like prioritize blood flow to like the tit detect. Why, why, did, why did you point to the, the apex of your forehead? That's, that's where that bit of the brain oh, okay. is. Okay, I, I thought you just meant that you've had like a chip installed. No, no, like, it's the left brain right thing, isn't it? It's like the, the left brain is very artistic and the right brain's good at maths but obsessed with boobs. Oh, okay, I get you. I thought no. you just yeah. like you had like, you like NFC for nipples or something on your forehead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, just making sure that they're there. No, it was good. It was a good puzzle. I liked it. Did we do it in, uh, in kind of in the order you were expecting? Yes, you did it. Uh, I think you you got the connections a lot faster than I expected. I think you got you chose to look at things in in the right order. Um, there was a moment where I thought that you'd accidentally discounted the the big window because you you wanted yeah. to look at the smaller window in the in the toilet, and. I was like, oh, there's nothing there. I thought that you'd misinterpreted it because you didn't come back to it until almost the end. Um, so that got me a little bit worried. But as soon as that was there, you interpreted everything really quickly. And yeah, I think the the titties of the sea thing hung you up for all of like 10 seconds. And Mike was like, aha, I understand where this, where this reprobate's brain is going. <laughs> I don't know much. But... <laughs> 
Um, no, no, I, I, I really, I think yeah, we definitely lucked out in the order that we asked to look at things because it kind of gave us everything we needed, uh, which was good. But I was just, I, I think I spent the first couple of minutes sort of blind and well, ear blind, deaf. That's the word because I was just <laughs> such a good impression. Ear blind, that's such a good impression. <laughs> Sorry, but that was such a good impression of the guy from. So what was what was the um the guy with the uh, the speech impediment? Uh, Black again? Pete. Black Pete. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, Black Pete, I can't even do the voice. It was so good. It was such a good impression. Yeah, sir. And you did do a very good... Um, what's the actor that plays um, uh, Bonnet? Uh, Restart. You're really struggling with names tonight, Mark, <laughs> aren't you? I think it was probably this, because this is like a starting number four. <laughs> oh. I've had for a little while. It's all that um, heavy metal poisoning from all that salmon. That could be what it is. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel foggy. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Mike. <laughs> Going for my wintering bear face. <laughs> Eat a fuck till I'm sleepy now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, wakey, Mikey, for six months. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good, actually. That was pretty good bear yeah. noise. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's been practicing. <laughs> I have been playing Red Dead Redemption too. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get into it. it. It it took so long for the opening cutscene that I was like, I haven't got the patience for this anymore. Oh, I'm an old I man. Love that. Oh, I love I, it. I did it on the Steam Deck in bed. That's the that's the key. Oh, nice. It's such a slow paced game that you need to do it on the bog and in bed, <laughs> just kind of winding down. And you play it. You're a you're a cowboy for a little bit, and a man tells you a folksome tale. Yeah. Like, oh, I've yeah. pressed like three buttons in the last. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Good. Good night. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, I think that's like I think as I'm getting older, I'm getting more impatient with video games. Like I I, mm. I opened that, I got about ten minutes in, and I was like, I haven't pressed anything other than keep going forward on the joystick i need to do something oh, yeah. with my day so i started playing uh, dead cells which is great because mm. it's like 10 minutes tops and you des- it's designed to die and repeat and keep going um oh, it's a good roguelike isn't it's it? amazing and like the artwork's great the gameplay's fun and i can play it for 10 minutes knowing that i'm going to die and then switch it off and go to bed and that suits my oh, nice. very impatient brain right now yeah, you're like, I'll do me. <laughs> we should we should return to good roguelikes because I bloody love a road yeah. roguelike. But is there anything? So the room based around um, our flag means death. Anything you want to tell us about the room, the puzzles, uh, the whole like that the actual bit of history that this genuinely links. Ah, oh, it's it's yeah. It was, it was researching for this puzzle. I thoroughly enjoyed. So if if your listeners haven't guessed by now, this room is heavily influenced slash stolen from slash paste slash legally to, uh, legally different. Yes, legally what different could be enough. behind this bookcase? <laughs> um, yeah, from the show Our Flag Means Death. Uh, it's on HBO Max in the states. It's on BBC iPlayer. Um, over in the UK and just, if you haven't watched it just go watch it it's, it's amazing Reese Darby and Taika Waititi as uh, pirates as Steed Bonnet and uh, Blackbeard uh, going for high seas hijinks and it's incredibly funny um, surprisingly romantic and <laughs> with a lot of heart in places and it, it's got a great cast as well it's a shame that it's just the one season for now and it's a short season but they've confirmed that season two has just wrapped filming so oh, nice. I'm very looking forward mm. to it so yeah as soon as Soon as we were done watching that series, and you're right, that's I'm I'm doing a pirate episode for this next one. It's great. And what, when I did the research for it, I didn't realize that like they based so much of the show on actual stuff that happened, and there wasn't a great deal that they took like creative liberties on. No, it's so it's so fucked up that it's so weirdly close to what actually happened in history. I mean, they gloss over some of the some of the really bleak yeah. shit, like where he gets all his money from, but. <laughs> 
Jesus, like what? Yeah. What absurd sitcom world were they living yeah. in? I mean, you can kind of connect the dots to the, to the shady beginnings, though, given that like he's a white guy born in Barbados who's rich. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Won the Barbados lottery. That's not that's not that's not comedic television necessarily. But yeah, mm. like he was born as an aristocrat who decides, you know what, I'm bored of this, and then fucks off as a to become a pirate, even though he has no idea how to pirate. So the um. The puzzle about the the wages that he pays um, his his crew members was an actual thing. He's one of the few pirates to actually give his crew a wage. Uh, like normally, they just get a share of the plunder from like raping and pillaging. But he knew because he was such a shit captain, they would mutiny. So in order to stop him doing that, he did what any good boss would do and pay them a living wage. Take note, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Eventually. He got in a couple of scrapes. I think, like, in reality, he was a little bit better as a pirate than the show plays him out to be. He actually won a couple of battles. And then at some point, he gets fucked up really badly um, in on a particular island. And then Blackbeard takes notice and goes, who the fuck is this guy? Because, like, he's a pirate, but he doesn't try to be a pirate. He's still very much... He's, well, he's the gentleman pirate. That's what he calls himself. So he's all dressed up as a fop, and he's still very hoity-toity. So Blackbeard's like, who the fuck is this? What's he doing? And then... <laughs> In in history, in, in IRL, uh, he becomes co-captain while Steed's recovering from like some gunshot wounds and then slowly takes over the ship and completely betrays Steed, makes him um, try and get a royal pardon and then fucks off with his ship. And Steed like sways revenge and they spend the rest of their lives dancing around each other and never, ever catching one another. The show no. is, is slightly different in that they don't drift uh. apart but come together. Um, and kiss they do and kiss spoiler, spoiler alert <laughs> and it's done very tastefully as well oh marvellous yeah. I've watched it I'll give it a watch oh, it's so good oh my god dude it's such a good show. Yeah. Yeah. like give the first episode a good 15 minutes because it weirdly takes up a little while to get momentum mm. yeah. it builds oh it builds yeah. oh. so like the um the uh, the secret wardrobe in the back was taken from the show. I don't know if that actually happened in real life. Um, but the the bookcase, that was a thing that happened in both the show and in history. Um, he actually had a full library, which again was weird. I, th- I, th- I think the... I think the bookcase with the secret thing is actually true. <laughs> so I think when he... Uh, when it was either... When he designed the ship, I'm not sure if he designed the ship or he bought a ship that was basically already there, but he had it refitted and some of the refitting was having secret passages and things built into it because he's clearly a romantic in his head. So he was like, of course, a pirate ship needs fucking secret passages and a, a diddly what's it and a bog. <laughs> and yeah, sweet. The old diddly um, what's it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the secret... Um, compartment secret room is actually like nice or wasn't yeah, it? i'm not sure if he had an ensuite though that that i put in for the puzzle oh. that i mean i don't know maybe <laughs> he definitely had an ensuite if you're the gentleman pilot That's you're true. not just shitting over the rail with everybody else are you <laughs> i mean it's like it's, oh, good morning. It, it's bonding and it? it's communal bathing is what they did yeah that's true <laughs> yeah it's good enough for the romans yeah and look at them right. yeah. they had an empire that, that lasted ages yeah. Again, I can't just I can't see you know Caesar sitting there with his legionnaires just shitting over the battlements of a morning. <laughs> All right, lads, how you doing? <laughs> oh, bloody see, oh, Christ alive! Sixteen sisters. You think you could get a fucking better quail's egg for that? Is that right? <laughs> Pass us the old sponge on stick. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> you want you want this after I'm done? You're not, you're not right. So you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Ask thou done, flens and felchies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good so, um, so after watching the series, I end up listening to a couple of other podcasts that I'll, I'll link to in the show notes for this to get more research. And it's just fascinating how much of that show is basically a documentary. 
about this guy. Amazing. Like, it's incredible, but it, it's and it's really funny as well. It's got a good cast of um, guest characters as well. Definitely give it a watch if you've not seen it. Nice. Sounds good. I will. Thanks for the recommend. I do love it. Ten, 10 out of 10 would watch again. Also, yeah. it's nice to have some um, comedy coming out that's good because I feel like we've had a bit of a drought of good sitcoms. I do like, I do prefer the, the British uh, way of doing sitcoms nowadays, but it's like six to eight episodes per season and like three, four seasons max. Yeah, it's allowed to yeah, finish. You give it an arm yeah. and that's, that's it. Like, just great. We watched, like, the one that's on rotation a lot whenever it's on is Ghosts, the BBC version of Ghosts. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. I, I, we, we love it. And it's like short six episode seasons. It's on like season five now. And we, we started watching the US version just to see what it's like. And mm. we got half an hour into episode one. I mean, like, mm. yeah, it's it's designed for an American audience, which is fine. Um, mm. but it's not a cup of tea, but there's like twenty odd episodes in season one. It's yeah. insane. So. I, it doesn't always translate well. The only thing I found that translated well was the Office. I really like the US Office. Yeah, and uh, just Steve Carell and obviously everyone else. But that's the only one I found where I'm like, oh, the US one's actually all right. I quite enjoy it. But other stuff like that one where they tried the IT crowd that was bloody awful. Oh uh, yeah, what, they tried the IT in crowd in the US. I seen yeah, the American and it was still it was Richard Iwadi and some other American guy and an American woman, wasn't it? Yeah. What, what tends to happen, especially in those pilots, is that they just take the script from the British version and put American actors in there. Oh no! So it's like, well, hey there, pal. Have you tried turning it off and on? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey. It was exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Um, but then I really enjoyed the American office and I can't stand the British one because I just loathe Ricky Gervais with a passion. Oh, Jamie, uh, I knew you, I knew we were... I, <laughs> Mike, Mike detests just, him loudly. Just that, that, that brand of cringe comedy, I just unsettles me and I just hate it. Yeah. So with you on that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, did, did you, have you ever seen the, um, the US version of Taskmaster? No. No, I know they do an Oz version. So I've seen an episode of the US version. I think I must have seen it on YouTube or something. And it is bad. So bad. And I think it's because Americans really struggle with this concept in comedy of crapness. Like for them, everything's always got to be kind of good and glitzy mm. and big and loud. And like, oh my God, this is the opportunity of my lifetime. Like, <laughs> wow, I've been dreaming this my whole life. Whereas British, you know, British people, particularly British comedians, are really down with everything being quite shit. Yeah. So, you know, a British comedian gets presented with a challenge, which is like, oh, stick as many crayons up your nose as you can. And they're like, oh, okay, I've got three. Um, whereas an American would treat that like as, as a sport and then pierce their brain. And they just, yeah. yeah, they can't seem to get the the essence of the joy of crackness. And I think it was the same problem with the US version, um, the pilot they tried of Red Dwarf. They tried to do uh, like, the, the charm of Red Dwarf is it's all spit and sawdust and the people are crap. You know, Rimmer and Lister and the cat are all venal and crap and stupid. And the sets are literally made out of washing machine parts, spray painted. And everything's crap and it's wonderful. It's joyous and it uh, celebrates that. And they tried to do it in the States and they're like, we're going to do CG and explosions and a handsome hero who's relatable. So, oh, no, don't do that. have <laughs> ruined it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Mike's theory of uh, crapness in comedy. Um, it's patent pending. It's, probably, it's why, um, probably for a similar reason, why a show like Always Sunny in Philadelphia has lasted so long and is so good. I fucking love that show because every single person on that show is a reprehensible human being. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And go, well, at least I'm not as bad as those guys. I feel good about myself now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a good recipe. And I think you're right. I think Americans struggle with that and then start, they try and parody our stuff and it just doesn't translate normally yeah. i mean as, as on is the it, flip side has there been any us ones that have translated well into britain have we done that that often 
Oh, then I. I don't know because I feel like when it gets a US show, it doesn't need localization in the UK. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah, just... that'd be like we're coming from a big money situation, so we thought we'd make a small shit version <laughs> in the UK. That's a very good point. Well, listeners, if yeah. you can tell us, let us know if there's an, an American show that's been adapted to the UK, good or bad. Uh, let us know because I can't think of it. Yeah. So imagine like UK The Simpsons, like oh the the Simpsons, <laughs> Mar- Marjorie. <laughs> they'd, they'd be northern, wouldn't they? You're at that over. Oh my god, was was the Simpsons like the US take on Corrie? It just escalated. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you noticed, and listeners, you might have heard it when um, Mike was reading out the Wage book. The snack, as I would do, I snuck in a couple of pop, pop culture references into that list. Oh yes, I I noticed. Uh, oh, I've lost the flipping thing now. Uh, one of them was Elizabeth Swan was from Pirates of the Caribbean, yep. right? That is right. Oh ho ho! One-eyed Willie is just a euphemism for a dick. <laughs> yes, uh, but also One-eyed Willie is the name of the pirate from the masterpiece, The Goonies. So my one of my favorite films uh, of all time. How dare you, you son of a bitch! Uh, <laughs> It, it is one of the greatest films ever made, and I will die on that hill. Um, yes, yeah, so Steve Bonnet, real person. Edward Teach is Blackbeard's real name. Uh, Edward Kenway is uh, the protagonist for the video game Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. well done. Uh, who's, uh, who's from Swansea in the game? He's a Swansea lad, which is oh. great. Having a, having a Welsh main character in a video game make my heart sing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Annie Bonnie was a real pirate. Um, there aren't that many f- pop culture female pirate captains, which is uh, interesting and a shame. Elizabeth Swan was the only one I could find. Um, mm. John Silver, obviously famously played by Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island, the, uh, uh, the superior yeah, adaptation. The, the definitive version. <laughs> yep. uh, Johannes Alberic uh, is the name of the pirate captain in Neil Gaiman's Stardust, um, who was oh. Captain Shakespeare in the film. I love that movie so much. Do you know what? That's one of... I've read every single one of Neil Gaiman's books and comics, Ooh. except for Stardust, oh. because I actually love the movie so much that I don't Stardust want to. Stardust is so um, good. The book is magical. I will, I will get that book. I've got. I've actually got most of the books next to me, <laughs> <laughs> like literally in my eyeline here. Uh, Mary Reed uh, was a real pirate. Uh, Malcolm Reynolds was the captain of the Serenity in the Firefly TV series, and I, I, I kind of oh, took of some liberties and went with Starship captains as well as. Uh, and Abe Smollett is the captain of the good guys in Treasure Island, I believe. Nice. Ah, to be yes. fair, whenever they do space stuff, it's always the more nautical t- themes and terms that make it up there, rather than airplane stuff. Space is just water of the sky. But yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, well, it's, it's, it's sky the water. sea of the sky. <laughs> yeah. That old sky sea. Oh, hello, NASA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jay, well, I've got some really bad news for you, mate. Oh, what'd they say? What'd they say? <laughs> I will take you back oh, to scripture. What? The water's above and the water's below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they described it um, as the big black fuck all. Um, oh. Yeah. Do you know, I I think, I know you mean though, because most pop culture stuff, when you basically, when you've got anything sort of shippy and floaty around in space, it tends to be uh, naval themed. Uh. So it's all like frigate destroyers mm. and battleships and things. But... If we look at the trajectory of history, um, NASA came out of aviation. So that's 
come out of kind of like the aeronautical side of things. So I'd imagine they would probably kind of carry over from, I guess, aircraft conventions and things, like uh, the, the terminology hmm. that goes up there. Um, you know, I think things like uh, sort of, you know, all of the uh, the nautical yeah. um, to terminology. the starboard. Oh, get to the lifeboats. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Go, go to the starboard. Which way? There is no up. <laughs> like, what, what's our what's our current definition of up? Ship up or side up? Are we finding up as a proximity from Seoul? Mm. How are we orienting ourselves right now? Also, the ship's spinning so that we can have some sort of um, simulated gravity. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> And that's the bell for last orders. We better wrap things up before we get kicked out of the pub. So uh, anybody coming in hot with anything this week? Yeah, I got something, because I haven't done a pub one, I got something I want to say. Uh, and it's a bit more um, kind of a peeking behind the curtain, if you will. Ooh. But oh. I wanted to uh, give a marvellous shout out to the fine fellows here at the Infinite Escape Room oh, who stop. host the rooms. Because uh, I was thinking while um, I was listening back, because I tend to listen to the podcast on the commute, I was thinking back to the heyday when uh, everyone would try and craft a little bit of a puzzle and then it kind of developed into, do you know what, I'm just going to do a room. Um, but you find gents just absolutely like crank out puzzles nonstop. And I know occasionally someone will pop in and be like, oh, I've kind of crafted a room. I couldn't do that because I find I have to like sit for a while and really think out a puzzle. And you guys go, I've got two days, bam, I just shatter a puzzle. And it's ridiculous how you do it. So... I wanted to show some appreciation to you, fine job. Oh, you are too kind. I mean, it's an interesting yeah. choice of words and probably appropriate that you use the word shatter. Shatter puzzle. puzzle is accurate. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. 100% how it happens, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, it made me think of it when uh, I think it was Mike's last one. And uh, I think it might have been you, Jamie, left the, them in a hallway and you were like, oh, here's two choices. And Mike went, I'm just going to do this because I really don't want to pick anything that Jamie's left me. I'm just going to do my own thing. And it's like, actually, yeah, the you kind of craft your puzzle and you're like, I can't really shoehorn it into this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> uh, but Danny, interestingly, you're channeling Neil Patrick Harris as well, because uh, he was on Escape This Podcast uh, a while back, and somehow our podcast got mentioned. They were like, oh, your podcast's really good. Unlike <laughs> Infinite Escape um, And then he was like, oh yeah, they've got like kind of a different thing, because whereas you guys do like lots of like really careful prep and stuff, you know, these guys very clearly just kind of, you know, fill up on high carb food and then <laughs> squeeze it out into your ears. Um, so uh, so yeah, I think you're you and uh, MPH very much uh, on the same page. Well, yeah. I think some I think credit where credit's due because yeah, I like I said when whenever I do it, um, and I do tend to run a room every now and again, but I just really struggle to get like I'm like I need a theme, and then I need a central idea, and then I'll build all this, and then like two weeks later I've got something, and you guys are like oh I did it in an afternoon because I had to. <laughs> it's like how how did you do that? <laughs> And it was good. The Maybe. trick is to steal from pop culture heavily. That's that's my trick. Ah, <laughs> that's the secret. I was, was going to say, Jamie, otherwise I've got, oh no, I've got a letter from the 80s and they say that they, uh, they want a word. You owe them a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think I'd get a letter just being like, oh, here's all of the celebrities that you've offended <laughs> with the things that you've either said that they've done or have impersonated. Oh, I did hear about that mounting lawsuit from Heston Blumenthal. Uh, oh, Heston fucking Blumenthal. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. coming your way. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. the, the integrity of the Greek market trade is going to be after you as well. Yeah, and Italy now. Mm. <laughs> Sounds very similar to Leonardo da Vinci. Never ever stop with your impressions. They're absolutely oh. marvellous. I texted Mike because so I was in the office the other day and I was listening back and then it's you guys and Mike going, hello, it's me, bloody heckin' flippin' man. And I like burst out belly laughing right in the middle of this crowd. And I was like, damn it, Mike, not again with your ridiculous impressions. 
Nice to meet you, Leonardo de Bloody Vinci. Hello. <laughs> I sound very like Aristotle. <laughs> and I believe that is now uh, time for us to exit the, the pubiverse. So that's it for another week. We'll see you next time. Where we're going to escape from Belgium? Belgium, the whole of Belgium. Yeah. Can't wait. We'll see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye. Bye. Tashy Bumbles. Thank you.